Al-Jazeera podcast. Benjamin Netanyahu is back to power in Israel. Some may have a sense of deja vu, but this time he'll lead the most hardline government to date. So, what are the intentions of this new government? And what does it mean for the so-called peace process with the Palestinians? I'm Mohammed Jamjoum, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. All right, let's go ahead and bring in our three guests from West Jerusalem. Fleur Hassan Nahum, she is the deputy mayor of Jerusalem and a member of the Likud party. From Rehovot, Ofer Kasif, he's an Israeli politician and member of the Hadash movement. And from Ramallah, Mustafa Barghouti, he's the secretary general of the Palestinian National Initiative and former Palestinian information minister. A warm welcome to you all, and thanks for joining us today on Inside Story. Flora, let me start with you today. From your perspective, what are the intentions of this new government, and are you at all concerned about the fact that this is the most far-right, religiously conservative government in Israel's history? So, good afternoon. Uh, First of all, I want to say that I'm not concerned at all. Um, I'm glad that we have the government, uh, Likud-led government, Um, And I think in the last year, with the divisions that we've seen in the government that was here earlier, they couldn't make one single decision because of the very, very contradicting views that the different members of that same government has. It's good that we finally have a stable government here in Israel. And I believe that there will be two major um, policy drives in this government, and that will be dealing with the threat Uh, from Iran, a threat that gets bigger every day as they continue to slaughter their own people. And the second is the continuation and the development and the growth of the Abraham Accords. Uh, Mustafa Barghouti, most of the important ministerial posts have been filled by conservative-leaning or ultra-Orthodox politicians. What does all of this mean for the so-called peace process with the Palestinians? This is the death of the peace process. Netanyahu has made sure to kill it uh, previously in previous governments. And this new government is the most racist, the most extreme, the most right-wing, the most fundamentalist, and not only the worst government in the history of this region, but also it includes fascists like Bingvir and Smotrich. Those people have been accused of terrorism before, uh, even in Israeli courts. And uh, the movement they used to belong to, Kahana movement, was classified as a terrorist movement in the United States and in Israel. This man, who was a Bingvir, who was not allowed to serve in the Israeli army when he was 18 years old because of his extremism, is now the security minister of this government. This government declares openly and bluntly that its main goal is to annex the West Bank and to expand settlements at a rate that is un, uh, that never happened before. What does that mean? That means the killing of the possibility of the so-called two-state solution, preventing Palestinians from the right of becoming free from occupation, and uh, preventing them from having a state of their own, mm. and also consolidating a system of racism based on what this government declared that the land of historic Palestine, what they call Eretz Israel, is exclusive only for Jewish people. That means they are consolidating a system of apartheid. 
the picture is very clear. Uh, Ofer, I saw you reacting to some of what uh, Mustafa Barghouti was saying there. I, I, I've heard you say uh, before today that it's your view that Israel is heading in a very dangerous direction. Where do you see things going from here, and just how concerned are you? First of all, I'm very concerned, uh, even anxious, and I will be even sharper than uh, my friend uh, Mustafa uh, Barghouti. This government is pursuing, by legislation, by changing the public discourse, uh, this government actually carries out a coup d'etat. It is changing the, the regime, not only the government. It is going to be a full-fledged fascist regime with neo-Nazi components, and I want to emphasize that. The so-called party, the so-called religious Zionism party, consists not only of, uh, as I said, full-fledged fascists, but also of uh, neo-Nazis. Ben Gvir is a neo-Nazi thug. They have uh, not only, uh, you know, they don't only support the ongoing malicious murderous occupation and apartheid that Israel has been carrying on for ages now, but also supports a, a, a racial theory, Jewish supremacy, Jewish supremacism. This is what the government, uh, the, this government, uh, this is the character of this government. This is a very dangerous uh, uh, situation, which I hope we continue our struggle, of course, in Hadash, in the parliament, and in the streets against this uh, fascist uh, government, against this coup d'etat, against the occupation, and against their plans mm. to exile and, and to carry ethnic cleansing of the indigenous Palestinian people. We will not let them do that, but we do need the international community on our side. We will not succeed stopping those crimes if the international community doesn't stand uh, with us. Fleur, you heard uh, Ofer Kassif there calling this a coup d'etat. Uh, he said that this was a full-fledged <laughs> fascist regime. And I, and I saw you reacting to that. You looked like you wanted to jump in, so go ahead. Well, I don't understand. Mr. Kassif doesn't understand what, what democracy looks like. Um, he's calling for a coup d'etat because this is really um, how the Israeli public voted. And what we have to do is analyze why the Israeli public voted the way that they did, because a year ago they voted for a very different government, and this is the system that we're living in. And the main reason that people got fed up of many things that Mr. Katif wants to ignore and pretend that don't exist, and a Palestinian Authority friend also wants to ignore and pretend it doesn't exist. Let's start with the Palestinian Authority representative. If this is such a horrible fascist government, then why didn't the Palestinian Authority make peace when they could have with the Rabin government, with the Hood Barak's government, with the Hood Olmert government. There were governments that looked very, very different, and still the rejection... Because your governments wanted to keep occupation. Excuse they me, I let you finish. The rejection of the Palestinian Authority is the reason we don't have peace. Because ultimately, the Palestinian really? Authority and, what and the about Palestinian leadership the Why cannot you want to accept the existence of a... I think that yeah. I deserve to finish my I'm, point I'm just saying, without interruption. Fleur, I'm just saying, I'm going to Fleur, I'm just saying, Fleur, I'm just saying that I'm going I to let you finish, finish your point. My point without interruptions. I think I deserve to finish my point without interruption. 
The Palestinian Authority, the reason we don't have peace today, and this is what everybody keeps forgetting or ignoring or sweeping under the carpet, is because the Palestinian leadership still not accepted emotionally the existence of a Jewish state. This is not about not having a Palestinian state. This is about accepting that we're not going anywhere. And so the Rabin government, which was a left-wing government, that wasn't good enough. And the Hood Olmert's government, which was more of a right-wing government and still gave them 97% of what they said that they wanted, still wasn't good enough. And a Hood Barak's government before the Olmert government, which was a left-wing government, still wasn't good enough. So what do you want the Israeli public to do when you've made it clear that it doesn't matter what government we had, you're not ready to sit down and talk about so, this? And Floor, all right. It's just Floor, I need to go. Please, everybody, I'm going to let Mustafa Barghouti reply now. Okay. Before I did that, uh, Floor, I was trying to say sure. before that I was going to let you finish your point and then give the floor to Mustafa Barghouti if you had allowed me to finish what I was saying. I now, Mustafa, now Mustafa, Mustafa Barghouti, please go ahead. Well, your guest is just telling lies. And, of course, this is the usual narrative, the rubbish narrative that the Likud party keeps spreading. Uh, anybody who wants to know reality, all they need is to read the program of this new Israeli government. Palestinians never uh, hid away from peace. It was the Israeli governments who continuously wanted to keep occupation of East Jerusalem, wanted to keep occupation of Jordan Valley, did not want Palestinians to have real sovereignty. And that's why we don't have peace. It was Netanyahu, the leader of the party of this of your guest, who blocked all peace talks since 1996. To know their program, you can just look at what they say. They say they want to annex the West Bank. How can you have peace if you want to annex the Palestinian territory of the West Bank? How can we have peace if the whole land of what they call Eretz Israel, which is Palestine, is exclusive for Jewish people only? How can we have peace when you have fascists like Bingvir and Smotrich in charge, not only of security, but of settlement activities, of ex and when they are calling for ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. Why we don't have peace? Because Israel and the Israeli groups have conducted the worst act of ethnic cleansing in 1948, which your guest would deny when more than 70% of Palestinians were displaced from their homeland, why they are not allowing these refugees to come back to their homeland? Why did they destroy 530 Palestinian villages? Why are they preventing us from being free from their occupation? She speaks about Iran. The issue here is not Iran. The issue here is their occupation of Palestinian land. The issue here is that they have established a system of apartheid and racial discrimination, mm. and that should be a cause and reason for establishing mm. sanctions and boycott of this Israeli government, which, as I said, the most racist, the most extreme, includes fascists in it, and it is, it is going to build the road towards an explosion, mm. not only here, but in the whole region.
Uh, Ofer, I, I saw you wanted to jump in before. Uh, I do want to ask you, though, you mentioned yep. in your last answer that you were hoping to get the international community on your side. Uh, what does that look like? What must the international community do from your point of view? But also, I want to ask you about the fact that there are many who are concerned right now that Israel's global standing might be damaged by this new government. Uh, do, you, do you expect that it will? I expect to the extent that I hope that it will, because that's what part of the solution. I, I have to say a few words regarding uh, uh, the former speaker, the things that the former speaker uh, said, if I may. Uh, on top of the lies that the primary speaker, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, uh, uh, said, uh, we have to emphasize, I agree with uh, and endorse what uh, every word that uh, Mustafa Barghouti said. But I would like to add one thing. One thing is that this government and most of the parts of this government don't care about security or no security. They don't care if the Palestinians are free or the Palestinians posing any kind of a threat to the Israeli people, which they are not. They only care about what they conceive their fundamentalist fascist perception that God, as it were, promised the land to the Jewish people. And because of that, they are entitled to control the whole land by, by deporting or ethnic cleansing the indigenous Palestinians or even kill them. It's not, it, and this is exactly explicitly what Smotrich and Ben Gvir have been saying for so many years. They think uh, that Israel as a Jewish state, should control the whole land and make the Palestinians slaves. And if they don't accept their lot, they should be killed or exiled. Because God, as it were, promised the land to the Jewish people. That's the point. It has nothing to do with security. The main threat to the region, to the world, and, of course, to the Palestinians and the Israeli is not Iran, which I do not sympathize, by the way. It is the Israeli government itself. And if Israel is so interested in democracy, in rights, so why, in addition to the occupation, in addition to other crimes it's been carrying out, mm. why now under this government, this specific government already declared that it's going to revoke law mm. that bars racist blocks in parliament what does it have to what does it have to do with the threat as it were that the palestinian pose to israel mm. and, and and why do they want to enact a, a discrimination or to amend the discrimination law so it will allow businesses and doctors to refuse service people like arabs or disabled or lgbt why do they support gender segregation? Why do they support the superseding clause oh. that will abolish the high court and eliminate the independent oh, judicial uh, system? I'm, I'm Why? So, because I'm, this is a fascist government with neo-Nazi components. I'm, I'm sorry. And the international community, if I just finish one sentence with your permission, Go the ahead. international community must understand that it should stop this madness. Because if the international community does not stop this madness, does not lead to the elimination of the occupation, to the liberation of the Palestinian people, eventually, not only the Palestinians and the Israelis in the Middle East are going to pay the price, but the whole world 
We are sitting on a volcano that's going to explode, and the blame will be the international community's one as well. Offer, I'm sorry to interrupt, it. but we are we are starting to run out of time. Uh, Fleur, I, I see that you want to jump in, so I'm going to go ahead and let you. Go ahead. I just find it extremely sad um, how Mr. Katsif, who obviously does not believe in a Jewish state uh, for the Jewish people, side by side with the Palestinian state, he, obviously that's not what he believes in. And of course, neither does the Palestinian Authority representative. We're not talking about 67. We're not talking about occupied lands. We're talking about the very existence of Israel that these two other panelists do not even accept. So this seems like a bit of an empty, this seems like a bit of an empty debate because if they don't accept that Jewish people deserve their own, um, deserve their own homeland in our ancestral homeland, then there's really not this debate really seems pretty empty. Not if it's and, and in fact, Mr. Katsif should not even be allowed to be a member of Knesset if he doesn't believe in a Jewish and democratic state. Ah. Which now you can see about the proofings. But ultimately, now you can I think that the even sadder the thing, if you let me finish my point, state, the even sadder thing, sadder thing is how... Offer, now offer, we can see. Offer, if, if you just let Fleur, if, if you just let her finish her point, point, yeah, go he ahead. Spoke at length, he spoke at length and nobody interrupted him. Go ahead. But what I, what I think that is the saddest thing about the whole thing, and this is why the Abraham Accords is so important, is because for 75 years, the Palestinian leadership has not taken responsibility for one thing or for anything. Everything is always the blame of Israel. We fight defensive wars that we did not start. Somehow it's our fault. We leave the Gaza Strip and we leave the land to the Palestinians. We get rockets and somehow that's our fault. And this infantilization of the Palestinian people taking responsibility from their shoulders is actually the real racism here. Thank you very much. Mustafa <laughs> Barghouti, um, you in the past have, mm. uh, have said uh, that uh, all Palestinian forces should join together in uh, a bid to boycott and isolate this new Israeli leadership. Is that going to happen? What are you hearing from various Palestinian political groups and factions? Yes, of course. I think now the formation of this new Israeli government, which is very dangerous one, not only for Palestinians, but also for Israelis themselves, uh, uh, should be an, a factor that pushes Palestinians immediately towards unity. And I hope this will be achieved very soon, especially that now uh, it is very clear that this new Israeli government has no intention at all of, of getting any close to anything that is called peace. But uh, let me explain here. I think your guest is really self-deceiving. She's deceiving herself and trying to deceive the whole audience. Uh, I, I, she claims that Palestinians are responsible, uh, but she would not be able to deny the fact that Israel is the one that is occupying Palestinians. She cannot deny the fact that Israel is the one that conducted ethnic cleansing against Palestinians. She cannot deny the fact that Israel is the one that has established, according not to me, but according to Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, President Jimmy Carter, and even the Israeli human rights organization, B'Tselem itself, Israel has created the worst system of apartheid ever in human history, the longest occupation in modern history, and the worst system of apartheid and oppression and racism and discrimination against Palestinians. So the, she cannot claim that others are racist when she is defending the most racist system 
in this region and probably in the world. On the other hand, let me tell you something very clear. I do believe that uh, when she says, when your guest uh, says that Mr. Kassif uh, cannot be a member of the Knesset, she actually reflects exactly the kind of fascist thinking that this government in Israel has. They Absolutely. want even to exclude Absolutely. people from having the right to democratic participation and democratic, and democratic democratic competition. Don't interrupt me, please. The for them, for them, the Palestinians are all terrorists. Anybody that supports Palestinians is accused of anti-Semitism. If it's a good Jewish person who is voting for human rights and for respecting other people like Palestinians, they call him a or her a self-hating Jew. This is the kind of racism that is even reflecting on Israeli people. And it's a very dangerous government. And I do share with Mr. Kassif the hope that the world would realize how dangerous this government is for Palestinians, Israelis, and the whole region, and impose sanctions and boycott on these fascists. Uh, Ofer, we just have and about maybe, a minute. Uh, maybe so, the uh, world will wake up and realize Laura, the corruption so of the Palestinian Authority government. Laura, I'm sorry, but we're just about to run out of time. I just have a question for Ofer now. In this conflict. Ofer, um, we just have about a minute left. Uh, from your perspective, can this government actually last? Uh, is this coalition strong or is it fragile? We'll do the best we can in the parliament and in the streets to uh, stop this government and to uh, to change it. Uh, I surely hope that the government uh, will not last for more than a few months. Uh, it may be a wishful thinking, but we'll do our best to uh, realize this wish wishful thinking. But as I said in the mm. beginning, we do need the international community. It is... It is impossible, it's unacceptable that uh, so many states around the globe, especially the United States, mm. support Israel blindly, even when it commits uh, crimes against humanity. So I surely hope that the international community will wake up very soon and stop this madness. Because if it doesn't, as I said before, everybody is going to pay the price. First and foremost, Palestinians, but also Israelis, the whole region and eventually the mm. whole world. So it is not only a moral decree, but also the interest of the people of the world. Mm. They should stand, stand with us and join forces against everybody who supports one or another kind of supremacism, Jewish supremacism, Arab supremacism or whatever. And unfortunately, the speaker that I again cannot recall her name, she She's one of the supporters of Jewish supremacism. I, with Mustafa oh, Bagudi, I'm, which I'm proud to I'm call sorry. my friend. Ofer, I'm sorry, uh, Ofer, I'm sorry to interrupt equality. you, but we're, we, we have run out of time. I apologize. Uh, we want to thank all thank of our you. guests. The discussion must come to an end right now. Thanks to all of our guests, Flur Hassan Nahum, Ofer Kassif, and Mustafa Barghouti. This episode was produced by Mohamed Al-Aishi, Christina Harazan, Sarah Gill, and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Nanda Kishore. The program was edited by Vinish Velilath. Lynn Nguyen, and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Monday for our next episode.